Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana, and with me is Corey. How you doing, Corey? Not bad. You know, just coming back from another week of work, so it's nice to be home and be able to game a bit and get things settled and done and get ready to go out for another week. We have probably the most jam-packed news section in a long long time we are going to be talking about the gamestop chief financial officer is stepping down god of war got a release date um we have games getting delayed we have new information on uh next gen or current gen console releases of of last gen games uh changes coming to xbox games with gold all kinds of news here on the dual screens crossplay podcast the internet's number one gaming news podcast you've never listened to or watched probably ladies and gentlemen the show posts each and every week for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice just search dual screens crossplay podcast or crossplay podcast will show up you'll see it you'll see it it's by dual screens you'll 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 know exactly what what when you're when you find it you know what i mean or you could watch us live on twitch.tv slash dual screen streams every week when we record the show i am your filler host this week uh i i'm returning after about a month and a half um taylor is out of town uh but he will resume hosting duties next week so just bear with me as i did not have access to the new formatted docs. So I am flying by muscle memory and our discord. So that's how I'm doing this this week. If you want to support us on Patreon, it's so easy. A baby can do it. And a baby does do it. Two babies. Actually our Patreon producers, Colton, the apprentice Nestler and FNH Paul, just go to patreoncom slash dual screens. And you can support us for as little as $1 and get all up inside our VIP discord. Uh, ain't that right, Corey? Yep. I mean, that's the place where, like you said yourself, where all of our news comes from, all the things we get to talk about. Um, like, we talk about it on the show, but, I mean, this is where uh, we get to talk with a lot of our fans and their opinions on a lot of this stuff, and it's real fun and exciting stuff. And so. game developers. Exactly. We get to have game developers in there giving us unique perspectives on on news and, and reports coming out uh, of the world, and uh, we have one very active one um josh former guest of the show which all of our developer friends in our discord are former guests of the show so uh of the dual screens podcast which of course is our other podcast and of course you could also check out our new indie news podcast indies nuts podcast uh so yeah search for all of those on your podcast service and and youtube.com slash dual screens tv let's go over what is coming out this week uh i don't know where taylor stopped last episode so i'm gonna start with july 1st and i'm gonna end on july uh, not july 1st july 5th and i'm gonna end on july 13th so there we go well well that's where we're gonna go so we have arcade again uh coming to playstation 5 series x and s playstation 4 and pc on july 5th uh, July 7th has Gwent Rogue Mage on PC, iOS, and Android. Also on the 7th, we have Matchpoint coming to PlayStation 5, Series X, S, P- PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On July 8th, you have Clonoa Fantasy Reverie Series. Those are four words that were smashed together and tell us nothing. Yep. Um, 
fantasy spelled with a ph uh that is coming to playstation 5 series x and s ps4 P, uh, xbox one switch and pc also on the eighth we have madison coming to which is uh i believe a former guest of the show yeah madison yeah, yeah. yeah. um playstation 5 i i we have interviewed so many people i lose track of, of everything oh. uh ps5 series x and s ps4 switch and pc um and on the 12th we have time on frog island which looks awesome uh and that comes to P ps5 series xs ps4 one switch and pc on the 12th and finally loop mancer coming to the pc on july 13th uh, but that is enough of what's coming. What the hell are we playing now? You know what I mean? You were at sea, yeah. so I don't imagine you were playing much. Um, well, I do. I usually bring out my Switch with me if mm -hmm. I do play anything. It's all about the Switch. Yep. Um, so, but usually I'm just catching up on games that you know people played multiple years ago. So, sure, like the, sure. the Mario All Star Collection, I would started playing again. Puzzle Quest, I pick that up every periodically. Um, but once I get home, I usually dive right into it. So I did get home on Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the month. And everyone knows that what that means is that we get our PS plus games for the month. Uh, this month we got crash bandicoot four and, um, Arcadium or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Um, Ar Arcade as PS plus. yeah, carbon K to get in. Um, and both those games came out and I played both of them. Um, actually surprisingly arcade to get them, get them, uh, is actually what I've played more than Crash. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually quite an interesting game. It's I thought it was going to be just another um, basically just here's a different version of another shooter, basically. And I'm like, cool, I'll try it out. See how good it is. I'll install it later. Um, but what they've really done is it's kind of um, there's the needed perspective of it is there isn't a full single player adventure mode that you can team up with three of your buddies to play. Mm. you can also have there's also a battle mode which is only four people which surprises me for being um in this day and age especially like everyone's going battle royale or like you got 32 versus 32 like it's these all about these big matches and what they've done in this is it's all about four four it's four people against each other and it's all mini games so it's um steve i don't know if you ever played fusion frenzy on the original xbox mm. If you, or, or any Mario Party game. That's yeah. basically what yeah, yeah. this is. It's it's the idea that um, every time you jump into a multiplayer match, um, it's four people, and then it there's eight matches you play. They last, I think it's anywhere from two to three minutes per match, and it's everything from King of the Hill, Capture and Defend. There's uh, a soccer, like a basketball kind of mode where there's a ball and you have to score goals with it, and it puts two people on teams. And then there's um, modes where it's not you rockets only. There's maybe not just killing each other, but it might be a uh, have like uh, enemies in the map as well. And you get points for killing them. Uh, there's another mode where um, you're put on top of a giant bunch of blocks and then you have to shoot the blocks out and try to make everybody else fall through the layers and then fall to their doom. And you have to be the last one standing. And then at the end of every match, you get points based on where you ranked in that match. And then at the end of eight games, it's whoever has the highest amount of points wins the match. So it's neat yeah, how fun. it's a, yeah, it's a, it just, because it's constantly changing, um, it's, you're never knowing what you're going to do. 
Um, and with that as well as everyone's kind of on the same level. Yeah. So it's not like just because you've played the game more doesn't mean that I'm not going to uh, I'm going to be down you, on it. Because you could have be, a specialty it, or a game you're really good yeah. at. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If it's rockets only, everyone has the same rocket launcher. Everyone has the, it's the same map. You know, who yeah, knows yeah. what it is. Right. So it's really neat in that aspect. And plus, because some matches are uh, teams, some matches are everyone for themselves. It really throws that little loop in there, too, as well, where I might be partnered with you for one match. And then the next match, I might be partnered with Andy and against you. So right. there's no like, hey, let's work together to like always win every match. It's always going to have that that fighting force. And that, then yeah, that's the, how that's how that's how Mario Party does it. Yeah. And so the cool thing is, too, is that having a single player mode in this as well um, is really neat as well. So what they've done with that is every character. That's where you have the customization. So you can have customizable characters. Um, there's loads of guns to choose from. Um, and the way it works is as you use a gun more often, you become more proficient in it. If you get enough proficiency, you can start the match with that gun when you play the game next time. Or you can get a, a special skin on it. Or um, you can get it so it does a secondary attack with it. And then you have powers that you can get as well and customizing your character. And the way it works is it's the same kind of thing as the multiplayer where... Um, it jumps you into a randomly generated area and it says, okay, you have to kill this generator. Okay, cool. And love or might killing be, oh, generators. Yeah, or you have to go to a certain area and then it might be um, survive for a certain amount of time or survive the wave of enemies. And then as you continue through each section, the difficulty gets harder and harder and harder and harder um, up to a point where I think it's like almost 100 is like what the level is so it's crazy amount of levels sounds and like a lot can, of fun yeah and it's just a lot of fun to play with friends so you can bring friends in with it as well i have yet to do that but that's definitely um the way to go and like i said i played crash 4 as well as my other big game and uh crash is you know just a classic i mean it is crash is crash man it, crash, crash is crash. crash and if for being the free game of the month like this is a big month for playstation plus of being good games for free for sure so indeed but what did you play steve i got my steam deck and it works and that's it uh i don't really i mean i'm not playing anything that we haven't spoken about on any show um but uh yeah so i really haven't been doing much uh in, in the in the realm of new games to really talk about um so i i mean that's it i think uh i've been playing too many indie games so uh that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to do, I'm going to jump back into, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, gunfire reborn. I'm going to get back into that. Cause that looks like a lot, a lot more fun. And the fact that I could play that optimized on the steam deck makes me very excited. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get into the news while you figure out your dinner situation. There you go. We have an insane amount to talk about. We're going to start off with uh, something that's fairly recent. This was only a couple hours ago, as far as I re recall here. Uh, the GameStop chief financial officer, Mike Recupero, 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 I think it's Recupero, is leaving. 
The gaming giant will lay off, quote, a number of, end quote, employees as it strives for sustained profitability, the CEO Matt Furlong wrote in a memo to employees. Um, We got this uh, article from Axios, if you want to give them a click. Um, This is crazy because... The cuts come after the company hired more than 600 workers in 2021 uh, and the first half of 2022. Uh, Leaders are now in a better position to understand uh, its, quote, transformation needs, he said, whatever that means. GameStop will lay off employees as its publication at its publication Game Informer as well. So uh, you remember a couple of years ago, Game Informer got like they axed half the staff, basically. Um, So that's getting more going to get hit with more <clears throat> um the company will also make quote significant investment in store leaders and employees which furlong called the heart of gamestop basically they are just going to ride the the people who make the least amount of money the hardest and yep just cut from the top and see what happens um they just bleed money um and when they when their stocks were manipulated they made plenty of money off of that all the all the important people all the rich people that have say made plenty of money off of that and now it's time to recuperate and you know make right the ship as far as finance finances go and of course the people who suffer are the, are the the workers and the people that are on the front lines ugh, sorry it's getting more comfortable here in my seat uh the people on the front lines that's always who suffers in this um the cfo i'm sure made plenty of millions of dollars throughout all of these losses and uh it sucks gamestop is a terribly run company terribly run and i don't know how much more evidence we need of that at this point this is like this yeah, is beyond it- beating a dead horse this is like finding the oil 64 million years later from the dead horses carcasses like that's what this is at this point it's it's awful well and especially as of um yesterday too um with the GameStop, it's it's really weird that basically they announced yesterday that they're going to do what's called a, a four for one split of video game retailer assets as well for for stock so they basically came out there went here Everybody can join in, get stock at a cheaper price. You can split a stock and blah, blah, to basically boost their stock numbers. And then with that, they do this announcement, which cuts all the top off. And then, you know, they're seeing a huge increase in their stock as well because of that. Now, I mean, maybe this could be a good turning point to start putting power into the people that are on the front line and give them more support. But I mean, from what we've seen before, that doesn't usually happen in these types and scenarios. So. I mean, hopefully uh, we do see that change. I mean, if they're doing what they say they're doing, then maybe the store leaders and managers will actually have more power and be able to actually do a lot more to understand the needs of their employees and give them what they need and want. But we won't see until the future for this stuff, for sure. I have never heard a good story from anyone who has ever worked at GameStop. No, I worked for GameStop as well. I worked well at EB Games, but yeah, the same thing. And it was my experience with it was I worked one season and uh, it was to the point of what made me really dismiss it was I at the point you have to sign a contract when you first start, especially when you're working the Christmas season that says I'm going to work Boxing Day and five other you have to work the entire Boxing Week and New Year's Eve. 
um, and you have to book those off, and there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And my grandmother was actually diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer at that point, and it was going to be the last. They, they, the doctor said this would be the last Christmas we could spend with her. So I said, you know, like I'm going to do everything in my power to go see her for Christmas and be there and be here for hopefully the end of the week. I can do everything I can. And at that point, they're like, no, you're not allowed to go. If you decide to go, I'm going to fire you. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to put, you know that kind of presidents on my stuff when I'm trying to work as hard as I can for you, then, you know, that's, that's just not right. And in the end, the funny thing about it was that that exact Christmas, they had a giant snowstorm in town and um, no one was able to get to the store except for the manager. And for the first three days, no one was ever able to get there. So in the end, <laughs> he was the only one at the store. So, but, and I'm sure there were plenty of, customers flooding in that snowstorm oh, also yeah no and that's that, that was yeah. the funniest part about it so yeah oh it was a terrible season yeah whatever uh moving on this one's this is huge news so we know that e3 is coming back next year but now it looks like i mean it's confirmed read pop of who are the organizers of the pax conventions as well as Star Wars Celebration, New York Comic Con, uh, EGX, they are taking over the organization of E3. So they're going to be running E3. Let's uh, let's just uh, get a, a quote here from the article. Uh, quote: It claimed it has listened to feedback from the gaming community. It meaning who? E3. Yeah, E3, I guess. Uh, yeah. feedback to GameCube, uh, what always worked about the game industry event while reshaping what didn't. So it looks like they're going to focus on the good stuff while hopefully changing the not-so-good stuff. Quote, it is a tremendous honor and privilege for Pop to take on the responsibility of bringing E3 back in 2023, said Lance Fensterman, president of Pop. Quote, with the support and endorsement of, of the ESA, we're going to build a world-class event to serve the global gaming industry in new and broader ways than we already do at ReadPop through our portfolio of world-leading events and websites. Um, well, the, the big thing I took away from reading this as well is um, it looks like because they're taking over, they're going to put a lot more emphasis on a in-person expo over being more of a news and journalist expo. Right. Um, so it looks like they're going to be changing E3 into more of a back to what it was originally, where it was like invite everybody and get everyone to come in. And it seems like that's what they're aiming for now, instead of yeah. being like, okay, here, let's get the journalists in. And then that's it. So. Yeah. Um, you know, E3, you, you remember when it like first started, it was electronics. Like that was the focus yeah. of it. It was where you got hardware and, and peripherals and a lot of that stuff. And then it slowly morphed into the software being more important. So like the software uh, reveals sort of, sort of took over. Um, there are three ways you can make it just exponentially better than it has been in the last decade. One, you have to focus on the games focus on yep. the the games and the people making the games and make it a celebration of the year in gaming and what's to come and the technology and all that stuff focus on that don't focus so much on the pomp and circumstance uh don't don't focus so much on the uh pizzazz and the flashy lights and the fireworks show and all that stuff like don't worry about that worry about ground level what are we showing right 
The second thing is you have to lower and lower it significantly, the barrier to entry for developers. Because it costs a big one. tens of thousands of dollars for them to get oh. a booth and go to E3. Um, well, it was more. I think it was like it was it was like when you listen to um, Sony, right? When when Sony left E3 originally, and you hear them talk about the big reason why they left is because they figured for the amount of money it would cost them to do their one hour show at E3, they could do their own show and double the time and double the amount of content, and double the amount of people they could get into it, and the idea that. Sony being a massive company, like it costs them that much money to do E3 well, that they're like, yeah, yeah we can just throw our own I'm, event for I'm the not same talking price. About, like, I'm not talking about like that. Oh, no, type. you're talking about, like, talking indie, about kind, any, indie any, company. like a, just an yeah. indie developer or just a smaller, like big, you know, whatever. Like going there costs like anywhere between 30 and like $100,000 for the, a lot of these developers, depending on yeah. how many people they have to fly there to work, all the stuff they have to bring. Because again, there there's no like when you when you go to pax pax is literally it's it's organized so well but it's also a ragtag group of developers that come together in the indie mega booth and they like slap something to something together in, in a few hours and like yeah you know they put their work into it and it still costs a lot of money for them to do that as well but like that is has a much lower barrier to entry and so you get a lot of really cool projects out of it um the other thing is they need to lower the barrier to, of entry to media. Um, they are way too stingy in the past on who gets to cover E3. Um, I don't know what the reason for that is. I, I assume it's a, it's a, it's a prestige thing. Like they want to keep it as a prestigious event that has the best of the best. They're covering it or whatever, but yeah, it's, that's not going to make money anymore. Um, the expo scene is a money-making scene, regardless of yeah. what, of what you think it, it, it's, it's supposed to be. So, you know, E3 was a place where you're like, Hey, if you got a really cool new technology that you want to show off to all of the, all of the media, like the biggest names, the, the times, the, you know, whatever the post, like all those things, New Washington post, and you want them to get mainstream attention, you have to pay us a bunch of money. That's how they made their money. You, The people making the product are using their budget to market their product at our cool event. Now they're obviously going to switch to a more consumer-related event where the people going to see all the pizzazz are the ones that are going to be paying and making up that, that lost cash for all the developers that left E3 because it just wasn't... There was no return on investment. You could do what E3 does 10 times a year for a fraction of the cost everywhere else. Like your directs, your, your, you know, state of plays and like all that stuff. You could do all that shit like yeah, 10 times a year. Exactly. The only thing you couldn't do with that is like with your, your directs and your state of plays and stuff like that is to have that in-person experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where, um, especially this last year, especially this first year after COVID with a lot of the events like PAX East and PAX West and stuff being available to the public. It's crazy how much of a resurgence we've seen with um, the games that show up at those, like like PAX East. You look at some of the, like when you look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge that showed up at that conference and stuff like that. 
I mean, it was huge and it gave a, lo a lot of the other games too. anybody that was there basically got a huge boost. Right. And that's the big thing is um, E3. Uh, it would be sad to see where you would have uh, these these smaller companies pay that huge amount of money to go or even like some well-known middle of the road companies that would pay to go to E3, put all this money out and then because they'd be outshined by these other big giant events and it'll be nice to see with PAX doing it um if PAX treats this more as a super PAX like where this is like each east meets west let's put all the, the big announcements in one big giant thing um or like the, the here's our kind of way of doing that but at the exact same time if they treat this like any other PAX it's just going to be more shows for more people to be able to show their work and stuff like that which would be really neat to see for sure yeah it 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 also like you could still have those private areas like, you know, PAX always has the media booths, but you could have something a little bit more special for those VIP uh, media outlets that perhaps yeah. get invited um, that don't have to sign up or, or ask like there there's certain areas that will get invited to and they'll get preferred seating at, you know, the any shows or events or anything like that. It needs to be. A cello, it needs to be a really good mix of of high quality and you know boots on the ground types type stuff, but it also has to be a celebration of games because that's what that's what people do at E three time. They celebrate gaming. It's like gaming 100%. Christmas. That's what it is. It's like a yep. season of of gamers coming together and celebrating their hobby. Um speaking of celebrating, um I, I might be celebrating a new current-gen version of Biomutant. A bunch of games are going to be coming to current-gen, but this one excited me the most. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Biomutant, but I only played it as a good guy, so I think I'm going to replay this as a bad guy because it's coming to PlayStation 5 and Series X slash S on September 6th, and you could upgrade for free, you keep your save files, and you get native 4K 60fps. Oh yeah, I'm so that's excited. Good. Yeah, I I, it's a, it's I, I played it as well and did the exact same thing as the as a human. Um, I do like the idea too. Um, they were talking about they're not just gonna make it where it's the graphics that seem to have a huge update. Um, from what I heard too, it's also gonna have it where a lot of the they're gonna add more vibration features as well with the PS5 oh, yeah, because I, of the, yeah, yeah. the advantage of the the dual sense adaptability. And I mean, I think that this game really got um, was a really good game and got hurt. Like a lot of people seem to like kind of like heckled this game a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think this game was great for what it was. Wise oh, yeah, it, it was it was it was redundant. It was glitchy. It was some of it was very annoying, but like I enjoyed everything that I did in that game. I, was, I never felt bored. Um nope. And then before I knew it, it was over. It yep. just it just looked like it was like, all right, guys, what are we doing now? How do we get to this boss? Uh, just walk up to it. Uh, okay, what happens after you beat it? Oh, you like get something? Okay. It's like that that kind of thing. The narrative isn't great. Uh, no. Speaking of of uh, new and improved, Corey, Final yep. Fantasy Seven Crisis Crisis Core Final Fantasy Seven Reunion. Coming this I'm winter. So excited. And I'm here, super excited. Very excited. Here are some bullet points. Improved camera and character movements. Thank goodness. 
optimized UI. The UI was kind of butt, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. Here's a scary one. A new menu-based battle system. I hmm. mean, yeah, that I can see that's that. That's just being... remake, right? That's just like, that's a fancy yeah, way of well, saying it's... the way remake does it. Yeah, I think it's because they're changing it because on the you got to remember this was built on the PSP. So yeah. like the problem was is the screen was so small, you couldn't really do a lot of things to like. It, it, you had to just know your buttons kind of idea. That was yeah. the whole problem yeah. with like if you didn't know how, like even for me, um, I tried going back on my PSP and playing it um, not too long ago. And I was like, OK, and then you're like trying to, OK, what does every button do? Because I have to know the buttons to do anything. And the idea right. that they're changing it a little bit so that it's a little bit more easier for people to jump straight into. I'm excited for that. And it looks gorgeous. Oh my God. It does. It, I am it so excited. For looks, this. I'm excited because it's, um, with this being made, it kind of shows that, uh, they're really kind of, they're, they're going to bring, bring light to this story. I think that people, when you think of final fantasy seven, the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is, Final Fantasy, the world of Final Fantasy VII is really the only world that Square Enix is really kind of uh, blown out. You get to learn the, the, you can, there are so many games that people don't even know about with Final Fantasy VII where you can learn about how basically every enemy, every hero in the game started. There mm-hmm. are backstories on everybody. And yeah. it's kind of neat that they're remaking those games for people that don't understand, okay, uh, in the new remake, everyone's like, okay, well, why is everyone so excited about this random guy that shows up at some point in the game? Like, what are people talking about? Who is this? Who is this Zach character? I don't mm-hmm. get it. Why is yeah. he so important? And it's neat that they're going to be um, having this game come out, especially the idea that with this coming out this winter and then the next version of Remake coming out next winter, it kind of makes you wonder uh, what we're going to see in the next remake when it comes to involve Zach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a really neat experience. It's going to tie it all together really nicely. Um, we're also getting new background music arrangements by Takaharu Ishimoto. Um, and they're going to do full VO added to the scenes that were just text only in the past. Um, so a couple of items there to note for that one. Um, here's a nice little bit of information. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak got sold 2 million copies and rise itself 10 million in the two weeks that it released uh a one week i'm sorry one week since that dlc for monster hunter rise came out so 2 million that's a big number congratulations to monster hunter fans everywhere i hear that's a really good one um i'm not a monster hunter guy i wish i was i just can't deal with the combat i just it doesn't click with me um here's let's talk about more remakes uh we're getting (laughs) sit down for this one folks lollipop chainsaw is getting a remake uh for its 10th anniversary now Corey, i'm gonna take you down a rabbit hole okay so get comfortable bring me me, give me a second yeah get comfortable it's gonna happen yeah do you know who the angry video game nerd is? 100%. Okay. I, yes. I feel like most people know who that is who have been on the, most boomers, on the internet. Yes. Um, when he started re- reviewing NES games, yep. it was when 
the Wii came out. So it was 2005, 2006. That was, that's the era we're talking about. At that point, Super Mario Bros., the NES, and the games he was reviewing were 20 years old. Okay? Yep. At this point in time, we are approaching the Wii games that were new are going to be 20 years old soon. Okay? I want you to think about that. It has been 15 years since he started making those videos, and in five years, in less than five years, in four years, the Wii is going to be as old as the Nintendo was, the NES was, when the Wii came out. Okay. Now I want you to think of how the hell is Lollipop Chainsaw celebrating 10 years and why are we getting a remake of it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's 10 years wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> I mean, it's really because if I'm correct, that's Grasshopper Games, right? Like it it's it surprises me that um, there's not a lot of other like the thing that shocks me about this announcement really is that there is so many other games that they have made that I feel personally have had more of a, hey, please remake this um, than that. But as this, we this know, has a pretty deep cult following, though, like it's it's yeah. got a, it's got a weird love because this was the game that James Gunn basically like forced down WB's throat. And like, yeah, let's just hope that this does better than the Killer 7 remake that we had. Just, just, let's just hope. Let's hope indeed. Um, all right. More remakes. Rockstar supposedly shelved plans for Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto 4 remasters, instead focusing on their newer projects. So that that's, that's an interesting... Um, reaction and uh the person that broke this i guess uh said the poor poor reception to the trilogy definitive edition might be the reason behind the decision which i feel like remaking or remastering or whatever yeah. ps2 games is a little different than taking ps3 games um i'm not sure about that but honestly it's also great. it was broken when on release so i mean yeah yeah Take that is as a grain of salt when you're if you're going to release a trilogy of games and they're broken on release and then you complain about poor sales. Um, I mean, that that's your own yeah. problem at that point. Like, it's something where, yeah, I know they, the people that bought the, the trilogy, I know, love them. But at the exact same time, as soon as it got found out that it was broken, I know a lot of people that were like, I'm just going to wait till it gets patched or till it's twenty dollars or, you know, I'll put up with the jank when it's then right and especially when the game the original games run better than the the newer versions of them then yeah then or issues, or right? or pirated emulated versions ran better yeah as well like this was not this is not something that you would think the <coughs> rock star name would be on were those remakes and honestly i'm kind of like okay like i don't i know yeah. that red dead redemption is great like it's a phenomenal phenomenal video game it doesn't move the needle like a gta so the other news no. that came out today was that they are not going to be putting out any more 
Red Dead Redemption 2 online, Red Dead Redemption whatever online, Red Dead online, I forget what they call it, uh, content because yeah. they're focusing on GTA 6. Great. Like, the new stuff is always, is should always be, in my opinion, should always be the priority when you're a yeah. studio that only comes out with one game every five years. Like, get the new goods get the new the new hotness and let's go let's well let's and if they there. were gonna remaster a game or do something like that anyway i think in the rockstar library of games there's a lot more games that um i feel that would get a better reception with that as well like i know people cry for bully all the time i i think bully is one of those series where if you haven't played it it's one of the one of the better franchises they ever came out with and i know that I think part of the reason why they've never really um, continued developing that mm-hmm. franchise is just due to the fact that it has to do with bowling people. Um, and maybe that's why it never comes out. Um, yeah. But at the exact same time, there is also like the Manhunt series they had. And I, once again, there, there, there are games they've made where I feel they could they could do not a huge like I know with the problem with look when you look at rock when you look at Red Dead Redemption and stuff like that they would have to remake it so well to make like they'd have put a lot of assets into it. I think if if companies are going to start remaking their older games that they did long ago, pick pick games that a lot of people maybe haven't played like the Warriors they made Manhunt. That's the gamer Foley. in you. That's the gamer yeah. in you that wants that. But, but mean, like it, the dollar well, no, but signs saying, matter, you know. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is those games I feel would you could put minimal amount of money into it and you would see a higher return. Whereas I pro the problem I see with doing something like Red Dead Redemption, especially when you have Red Dead 2 already out and underperforming against GTA, it's kind of the same world, just here you go. Western whatever. But if I feel that if they were to focus on here's Manhunt remastered. Okay, put a minimal amount of resources into it. I feel that depending on if they just put a, a port that would work on newer gen consoles, I have a feeling that that game could sell and make an, uh, its money back and more. But once again, yes, with Grand, everyone's talking Grand Theft Auto 6. I mean, I'm, they've got to put that out because a lot of people are, the, the idea that Grand Theft Auto 5 has almost surpassed Skyrim uh, for being on the most consoles, uh, they should probably worry about putting that game out for sure. I think the other thing that could happen with their franchises is perhaps make sequels and then just do a, a up res situation yeah. where you just improve the frame rate improve, improve your textures or, or just let it upscale, you know, like they're, you know, just do a little bit of work so that when your sequel comes out, people can still play the old one and get caught up at that. That might've missed it because making a new, game without having to worry about the legacy of the old game is way more satisfying for me as as a consumer like i didn't play manhunt but if they made a really cool manhunt 2 i'd be super intrigued at that manhunt 2 or what you know what i mean uh right the the, next version of it yeah 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 uh manhunt 3 i think did they have no they only did two no only did two yeah so if they did that, like, I would be like, oh, Manhunt seems cool. And then they could say, all right, well, we, you, you could play the old Manhunt, Manhunt 1 and 2. You could download it for 20 bucks and it's upscale yeah. to 4K, 60 frames well, a second, like, whatever. Um, Wide screen. Kind of like what EA did with um, Alice uh, McGee 
Alice Madness. Alice Madness, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah where uh, they basically Madness said, here, you buy the newest version of, and if you want to play the original, here's a version that runs on PS3 and it runs a little bit right, better. Right, runs. It, it doesn't um, have to reinvent the wheel. Like, yeah. you don't have to reinvent the wheel no. for these games. And I think I think if they were going to do something with their old franchises, I think Rockstar's got enough pull. They should just do like everybody else is doing and go, here, other company, take Bully. Make it new again. Or like, you know... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of companies like Blue Point and Toys for Bob, where there are these companies that are taking games franchises that we do love and giving them the remaster treatment, mm-hmm. and uh, then they're able to make that sequel. Right? Um, we saw it with Toys for Bob for sure, where they took um, Crash, remastered the three games, and in doing that, they felt that they had enough confidence and uh, enough experience with Crash in order to make a completely fourth game. And it did amazing. And so I would love to see maybe Rockstar start giving out their IPs to other companies to allow them to, well, not to just not like to give away, but to help. I know they're just so protective of that stuff. Like they have, yeah, they have some of the most, like they play play their cards. They're 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 almost worse than Nintendo. Uh, how they protect their IP. So I I don't know. Um. All right. Speaking of old franchises that were able to adapt and be new again, God of War Ragnarok has a release so date. They so, have I was I was so stoked when I saw this at five o'clock in the morning when I woke up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's probably I, I know we were we were hearing all these rumors of that we were going to get it soon of when the date date was. Um, and we finally get to see it. We got to see the collector's edition that they're coming out with, which mm-hmm. I'm super excited for that to see that um, it's a company that they, they've decided to make a physical version of it that actually has a collector's edition that people would like to have. And it really, really shows the pride that they're putting into this game. Collector's I'm edition and special it. special edition do not have a game disc. No, that is that is the one downside. It's interesting that we still get the <laughs> we same, have the, the case. The, we still get the, the steel case, but yeah. we get a digital code for the game. Yeah, um, uh-huh. always confuses me on that side of things. But um, outside of that, when it comes to uh, the idea that there's um, like, especially with the Yohai edition, they came out with the idea that you're getting like a vinyl and mm-hmm. you're getting um, that cloth map. Like the, it the looks dice. really neat, and Mim-ya. the dice. You like, get Mimya. Don't forget, you yeah. get Mimya. Yeah, it just it just looks cool. It's the idea that I mean, how how long ago? Like we haven't seen a collector's edition of that kind of sorts for a very long time. Well, um, I have a special collector's edition that I finally just got. Andy had it for like a year. Um, yeah. I got I got my panzer paladin collector's edition which comes with the physical game here it is panzer paladin comes with the physical cds uh of the of the soundtrack both in composed form and 8-bit form um but i don't have anything that could play cds i'm pretty sure i don't think ps5 can at this point it also came with this cool heavy as shit uh pewter or whatever paladin robot guy um and it also came with the character i forget her name because it's been a while since i played but uh cool cool addition um yeah it, it might have had something else too but it's really neat that we're starting to see oh, collector's editions come back i mean i really miss the days of um you know you go 
to the store and you have the choice. And when you were getting those like giant statues and like mm-hmm. miniatures with your collector's edition, like I still have my um, back back in the GameStop days when Walmart had this weird random clearance of all games that were less anything that was more than three years old got clearance to a dollar like we're talking about bioshock 2 collector's edition Mm -hmm. was a dollar like Mm -hmm. all these games so i went and bought all these dollar games went right to eb games which is like half a block away from there traded everything in and i ended up getting the kill zone 3 uh collector's edition which came with like a ghost figure a hellgast helmet that's this giant you lift the head up and it's got the art book and the case in there and like yeah. i really miss having those crazy cool collector's editions and it's nice to see that um they brought it back with doing something like that for sure and there's a lot of other companies i still think we should continue to push things like that maybe even to the point of have it where because we're getting digital copies of the game just bring out collector's editions that don't include the game here you want the johan edition without the game cool here buy it or here's an idea you yep. ship an extra copy of the game and just sh- and just shove it in the box. <laughs> just that, be like, hey, GameStop, when you sell the special edition, take one of the other games and give it to them. Yeah. Like, whatever. Anyway, but with this news of God of War Ragnarok coming out on, on um, uh, November 9th this year. Yeah. Um, Came with sad news. Yes. Forspoken got the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and it was releasing in October of all things. It's uh-huh. not like it was like Yeah, and I can I can see why because you know what when you look at it it's a brand new franchise versus the sequel and God of War yeah. had such a huge following and it still even has a bigger following now because of everyone being able to play it on PC and I mean, as we've seen in the past, it doesn't matter what game, if your game comes out a month or a month after or a month before any big title, you're better just to move the hell out of the way. And I, I also have another theory, though, but January I want to no read. Games. No, I want to read this thing. So the Forspoken team that they put on Twitter as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete and the development is in its final polishing phase. We would like to thank you for your continued support and patience on this journey. Your excitement for the game inspires us every day and we cannot wait to share more about Forspoken with you later this summer. Uh, here's my theory. I think... That at some point, we're going to start hearing little tummy rumbles about Sony purchasing Square Enix. I wouldn't doubt it in my mind that's something that's happening. I think that when they say spoke with our partners, they were probably like, hey, we really want it. We're really behind this game. We want this to be a success. We think you should move it. Because we, God of War is going to be the game this that we're going to put yeah. all our marketing dollars on for the holiday season and all of that fun stuff. So like, and they were probably like, you know what? Yeah, you. we could use the extra couple of months, the extra 56 days or however many it is yeah. to polish this bad boy up. Um, there's also been 
to add a little bit of, of weight to this. And I can't get the article right now because if I click out of the Discord, then your image will go away. But um, there was also a, another Square Enix game that was getting put up like a re i don't know if it was a remaster Val- Val- the valkronic the valkyrie chronicles the new valkyrie chronicles yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming, coming to playstation it's coming right around the same time like it's, it's just yeah it's just weird it's there's something to, i don't know maybe it's just the tinfoil hat which it probably is but they've always had a really good relationship especially in the last uh two console yeah. cycles so like i would not be shocked um okay so that's delayed you know what's not delayed how quickly 360 games are no longer coming to Xbox with gold games with gold. That's right. Games with gold, which is still a thing. Games with gold is still a thing that should not be a thing. They should just game pass is the thing you should have. Whatever. Uh, 360 games are being removed uh, coming this October. So there you go. No more. From what I games. understand, yeah. From what I understand, they're just removing it from becoming free. They're, they, I mean, we already knew this was kind of coming when I think it was a couple months ago. They basically made a statement that's saying that it was getting to the point where the amount of effort and time it was taking to put these 360 games into to be playable on your newer consoles was was taking a lot of their time and effort and money, and they were more willing to put that money somewhere else. And you know what? Mm. I think. When it comes down to it, um, with the amount of 360 titles that they currently support, I mean, they got to a point where they were starting to just pick the the random bottom of the barrel games anyway, or like these random games that nobody may have not heard of, or some of the ones that were, um, I, in my personal opinion, when you think of Xbox and the 360 era, weren't those games. And so um, I think it's a, a good idea for them to move this way maybe that's where like i say microsoft might start going the route of more remasters like playstation bringing those classic games that everybody wants well when they don't when they don't yeah and when they skip out on 360 games they usually play replace it with a xbox og game yeah or or something right um but no i mean that's literally what they usually do um just there to read their quote, just so you you know it's it's understood what this is actually doing um we've reached the limit of our ability to bring Xbox 360 games to the catalog. However, Games with Gold will continue to include exciting Xbox One titles and exclusive savings each month. This will not impact any 360 games that you downloaded before October 2022. Any Xbox 360 titles that you redeem via Games with Gold before that time are yours to keep on your Xbox account, regardless of whether you continue your subscription. So... Very simple, you know, simple. If you have one already, it's fine. They're just not going to support it with some new with new 360 games for the service. No problem. But let's talk about a new game from Ubisoft. We have a release date for Skull and Bones, the game that I swear was canceled. Um, like just I feel like uh this was announced. And then it was shown, and then it was like, ooh, this is something. And they were like, oh, yeah, never mind, JK, LOL, we're going to delay it. And then I and I don't remember hearing anything about it. But it is coming November 8th on PS5, Series X, and S, Stadia, and PC via the Epic Game Store and the Ubisoft Store. It was, a, it was announced five years ago. Um, it began development years before that. Um, it was when Black Flag was big. 
when this, I, so I was like, what, 2011? Blackbeard, that was just before the PS4 came out because the PS3, it was the one of the first games to be able, yeah, to be moved from one to the other. Uh, okay. It, its original release date was supposed to be 2018. <laughs> Holy cow. And it was, uh, it was delayed every single year until now. It looks really good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Like I loved the naval combat in, in Black Flag. Yeah. And this is dope. Ski potatoes. I'm here for it. Uh, speaking of here for it, let's go to our mailbag because there was something that was brought to my attention. So oh, I'm gonna I go wanted to it. mention one thing. Please mention some, some, some news that people may not know about. Um, if people are excited for deals and things like that, Mega chicken um, deals. Yeah, um, Prime Day is coming. Um, this year, uh, Amazon Prime is giving away free games for everyone that has uh, Prime Gaming, which is what you get with your Prime subscription anyway. So on July the 12th to July the 13th, they're going to give you uh, 30 free games. Uh, in that mm -hmm. is included is a lot of uh, indie games, uh, some of which have been on the show before. Um, and then with that, some of the highlights are Grid Legends, uh, Mass Effect's Legendary Edition, uh, Need for Speed Heat, and Star Wars Jedi Academy 1 and 2 are all going to be games that you can then get for free uh, as long as you uh, go into your Prime Gaming on the 12th to the 13th. I just thought I'd mention that because that is something that I feel that a lot of our viewers should definitely try out and get some free games. Also, there's an itch.io um, bundle to support abortion rights that gets you 792 games for $10. Uh, I need to know about this bundle. Yes, go to itch.io and it'll be on their homepage. It is 792 indie games. <laughs> and a lot of them, not a, a lot. I, I mean, you, it can't be a lot, but there are many games on there that are V good. V good. But here... We do have something that was submitted through our mailbag by our own Missed Enough, and this is now officially going into the hype zone. And I'm all I'm going to do is read the headline. Okay. <clears throat> Half-Life remake Black Mesa is getting a remake in the original Half-Life engine. <laughs> I will repeat. The Half-Life remake, which was called Black Mesa, is getting a remake in the original Half-Life engine. Black Mesa remade Half-Life in the Source engine, but now modders want to remake Black Mesa in the gold SRC engine, which of course was the Half-Life engine. Okay. That's it. That's all I have. That is the extent of that article uh, I'm going to read. Uh, I, I was that is say, as far that's... into that article as I feel like going. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Just stunning, stunning turn of events here in the world of video games. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of video games, we just spoke about it for 56 minutes. And this is going to bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at dual underscore screens. I am at Batchow27. 
uh, Corey is at the Grounded Gamer, no E double D. Taylor's at its Perjure. Uh, Miss Matt is at Missed Enough. Andy's at Pants Guy. And more importantly, we announced finally that we are doing our own indie game showcase. Ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars. Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dual screens TV. Subscribe right now because on August 17th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we are doing what we are calling another indie game showcase where we're going to have close to 40 games that are going to be crazy. shown from our partners uh, over the course of these last four years that we've made. And we are going to be revealing at least two games confirmed revealing first time ever to the world. Most games are not, I would say 99% of them are not out yet. There is information about them, but they're all going to get new information, new trailers, uh, release dates, or, and these are commas, by the way, not, they're not all getting all of this. I'm putting commas here, folks. Uh, they're getting either a release date or release window, an early access release, a demo release, something new is going to come to every one of these games. And let me tell you something, Corey. Yep. Every hour, at least, since we've tweeted this, we have gotten a new submission for this. A new, a new developer wanting that's, to that's, wanting to submit. It, it really goes to show that, like, um, for people that don't know, um, Steve uh, and Andy got to talk with the Greg Miller um, about, like, really um, just have a chat with them. And one of the things that came from the show, and if you haven't watched it, we've got it linked in our channel there. Um, the one big thing is he said himself, like what we do here um, and what Steve and Andy have started is something that no one else really does better or does in general. Um, they, you know, bring, we, we bring hype to the games that no one else does. And this is something where it's crazy to, I mean, I remember when we first started talking about the show and stuff like that, mm -hmm. it started out as like, oh, we got 12 people. Then we got 15 people. Oh, then we had 20. It, wasn't, we had, it just, wasn't even that. Like we, we were saying, if we can get 12. Yeah, we, I think that was know, the, the thing, right? Yeah, we're like, if we get 12, we might be able to get eight to actually submit. Like if 12 people say yes, we, yeah. have, to, we have to expect like a good percentage are just not going to make the deadline. And we could have like eight games. We can make it like a like a ten minute video. Now we're looking yeah. at like a forty minute minimum. <laughs> uh, yeah, showcase. It's, it's insane. And like I say, it's really crazy. Um, like I say, I've 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 known you guys for so long. I mean, I've been part of the channel for almost a year now. Uh, coming up on a year quickly here on the next month. Um, and it's crazy of how much in this last year and especially this last six months, it's just exploded for us. And it's, it's really cool to see, and it's going to be amazing to see this show, uh, come out and like be part of it and be able to like give it to the people and really show some great, amazing games for sure. And, uh, listeners, if, or, and viewers, if you are an artist or, you know, you have any sort of talents that you might be able to, um, provide dual screens in creating this uh i i am going to be in charge of the production of it so i'm going to be editing i'm directing it i'm producing it i'm writing it all of that is is falling on my shoulder so if you have a skill that you can uh lend hit me up on on twitter 
Again, it's at Batchild27. You could DM me. Um, you let me know uh, what your skill set is, and I'll see if I can work something out with you. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. Thank you to the video games, because video games are the best. And as always, please be excellent to Taylor when he returns and each other. And don't forget. And stay grounded. To, yeah, what he said. <laughs>